I'll tell you where you belong. Right back in hell, and that's where I'm gonna send you. I told you I did it before. Go ahead, preacher. Send me to hell. Along with your filthy, stinking soul. Do it! Welcome to Fear Me. Fear Me. Hi, I'm Kim. Stuart. Welcome to another episode of the Fear Me podcast. This is episode 78. And we don't have Scott. No. If, if you listen to us in the past, you'll probably notice that usually following Stuart, we have a Scott. <laughs> this week, we have no Scott. <laughs> Scott is off on the West Coast gallivanting around on vacation with his wife and in-laws. And... Won't well, even be back next week, will yeah. he? Uh, I don't know. I don't think he will be back next week. And actually, the last I heard, he was like trying to run away from a grizzly bear. Oh, yeah. In Yellowstone. <laughs> so hopefully Scott will return with all appendages. So he's not technically on the West Coast then. Eh, he's closer. In the West. Yeah, he's in the West. <laughs> closer to the West Coast. But he is, um, I'm sure he's off sampling beers somewhere. Mm. Yeah. yeah, he's probably got some good ones. I should have sent some in tonight. Yeah, I told him to stop packing bacon in his pocket, and they wouldn't have bears chasing him. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's, he'll be back. Uh, he'll have tons of stories for us, I'm sure, that he'll not want to share. Yeah, <laughs> for real. But we're missing him this week. We are. It's going to be a weird podcast, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be weird. It's awesome. Well, it's going to be great. Yeah. The only, the big problem is that uh, we've got to start out with, what you drinking? Mm-hmm. Scott's not here. Always has something good. Yeah. And we both suck this week. Well, I, I, I suck. I don't. You're, well, you kind of suck. Why? Well, just because you're Kim. But what are you <laughs> drinking, Kim? I am drinking Hialai India Pale Ale from Cigar City Brewing out of Tampa, right? Tampa? Yeah. I think they brew it in a couple different Oh, in uh, Brevard, North Carolina, too. Yeah. So it is kind of local. That's cool. I came in. Well, it's it. local on either side of us. Yes. And it's really good. I like it. Um, I would definitely buy it again. It's IPA. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have a nice lager. <laughs> you mean water? <laughs> Scott's not here, so he's not he he's not here to get down on me. He'll he'll yell at me about the podcast later, but yeah, I'm drinking PBR again tonight. Jeez. I you... didn't have time to get anything else. Whatever. So I had to grab the fridge beer. You've always got time. <laughs> always time for a PBR. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> okay, so that's disappointing, I'm sure. But All right, well, let's move on to something better. So, tonight we are covering... Yes, your beer sucks. <laughs> so, we are covering Preacher, Season 2, Episode 6, called Sokasha. Sokasha? Yes. Sakasha. Which the only thing I could find about that, I don't know if you found anything more about that. When I did I, not. When I looked up the name Sakasha on uh, internet, it was a um, Russian uh, tank. That was the only thing I could find that was related to. I didn't do any further research beyond that. I'm just trying to think if there was something in this episode that 
could be the similar. armored vehicle. Oh, could be the only thing I was thinking. It, it, it sounds. I mean, Sakasha sounds more like actually a Japanese word, which yeah. would go with our Japanese armored vehicle. But um, so happy Gogo. Yeah, so happy Gogo. So I don't know if it had something to do with that. I don't remember them actually mentioning the word at all during the episode. Where no, I don't think they did. It would show up. So I don't necessarily think it has anything to do with a Russian Russian armed vehicle or Russian tank, but that was the only thing I could find. I mean, you could kind of say that the cowboy is kind of like an armored tank. Yeah, I don't want to go there. Why? That's reaching, dude. That's like total reaching. Like oh. Way too much. Okay, fine. <laughs> so, what did you think of the episode? Um, this one I thought was actually very good. And I think uh, the last two, which we did in tandem, uh, were good. But this one, I think, was much better as far as storyline and character development. And I think uh, I, I liked really liked the story behind the, the soul market, the soul selling. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it just kind of goes hand in hand with what they keep doing with Preacher, which is kind of humanizing or almost trivi- trivializing, like, these otherworldly things, like God. Okay, yeah, there's God, but, yeah, he can just walk around the earth like anybody else. Or... <laughs> The angels who can come down to Earth and have all their powers, but yet it doesn't really make them any smarter. Mm-hmm. They're still kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the soul, which is almost like pictured as like a um, or portrayed as a uh, like an organ or like this sack that's within you that they can just extract and exchange with people. So, you know, it's I think Preacher has kind of consistently you know, trivializes these things that we find as being such a otherworldly thing. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was good. I, I really liked that storyline and I liked how we finally learned a little bit more about Dennis oh, yeah. and how, you know, there's, there's more to it. And we, we knew there was more to it than just him speaking French and just being an old and friend just be, and, just, <laughs> and just being French all the time. Oh, he's just French. Yeah. Well, we know now he's not a vampire. Yeah. So, which is what we thought. Did you, did you think he was a vampire? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess yeah, that's true. Yeah, we talked about that yeah, we last did. time. Yeah, we did hypothesize that he could possibly be a vampire. Yeah. Um, or maybe there was some sort of link, and uh-huh. that was, he just had to deal with Cassidy. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was I like that storyline. Yeah. Your, your thoughts? Um, I liked it because I thought it was faster paced than the last two Mm. episodes, mm-hmm. but also, just like you said, I really liked the soul storyline and the Dennis storyline, but I also really liked the cowboy storyline mm. yeah, and where that went and how that ended up at the end of the episode. Uh, it, if he ever gets out of that situation, Jesse, like Jesse was in trouble before, but now Jesse's ass is like... Well, do you think he can get out of that situation? There's got to be a way. Like, uh, an Unless alligator, like, him. goes by the door and no. somehow unlatches it. Well, I don't know. You could have somebody later on, like, go and find him. Maybe maybe someone was watching them when they, that happened. Mm-hmm. And this other creepy German guy that is coming after Jesse, maybe he, he saw what happened because he had people following him. He had the guy that was outside Dennis's apartment spinning the arrow around oh, that's at some true. point. So maybe he did have people that were tracking what he was doing. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. Who is that guy, by the way? I have no idea. I don't, and I'm not researching. I'm not looking into it. If, if they're, like, comic people, they have to know him because I've seen him 
on the cover of comics before. The guy with the cut-out eye, like the crossed-out eye. He is a part of the comic. His name is Air Star. Mm-hmm. And Are you getting ready to tell me? No, about? I'm okay, not going to tell you anything else except right. that he's a bad guy. Okay. That's all you need to know. I still have not read the comic, by the way. This is just what I'm seeing. Okay. So he's going to be another bad guy. But my, I was thinking, actually, that um, that wouldn't it be funny, not ha-ha funny, but ironic, if there was somebody else who uses that dirt road and tries to commit suicide by running their car off the road, mm-hmm. and then... They can't get in because there's an armored vehicle, like, blocking them. Well, that or, like, the, you know, the police and all that stuff come to try to retrieve the car that has gone into the swamp and they find the armored vehicle instead. And Masena Killers comes out and starts killing everybody. Yes. Okay. There's got to be a way that he gets out. Yeah. There's no way he's going to stay yeah, in there the whole time. Yeah, it's too easy. Yeah. It's too easy. Maybe. And, but I'm really curious, like, is he going to be decayed when he gets out? Is he going to be, like, more scary than he already is? Because, you know, yeah. he's, like, is he somewhat alive? Even though he has no soul and he's been to hell... Is he somewhat alive? Like, like if the he, fact that he can't eat or anything like that, is that an issue? <laughs> I don't know. Like, he may need to poop. <laughs> it's going to get really stinky in the armor view. Um, I, well, no, I don't think he has to do anything. He, he doesn't have to eat. He doesn't have to sleep. He probably, if the armor vehicle fills up with water, which it didn't seem like it was. Yeah, which it's I was wondering Why it would even sink. True. Um, then he would still be alive. You, you can't kill him. Mm-hmm. He's a saint mm-hmm. of killers. True. He's dead already. Although now he has a bit of a soul. Does that affect him? I don't know. It did affect him. Because now Jesse can control him. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. That they were speculating, like, how come the Jesse Genesis... Was, yeah, Jesse was speculating. Yeah. Yeah. Why Genesis was not working on the Saint of Killers. I'm not quite sure how Jesse made that leap that he needed a soul. Was it? Be- well, he was doing the research. They were doing the research at a library and they found out, okay, his soul shattered like glass into a thousand pieces. And so he's the only person that has no soul. Okay. So he is the only person he cannot control. And this whole episode is about souls and trading souls and he understands if this guy is the only person I cannot control what is the only thing Genesis has control over it's people with souls okay so let me ask you this does God have a soul could he not just proclaim with Genesis God, God is all souls God come to know. me would God I don't know he hasn't listen, tried it yet or does he have to be right in front of somebody in order for it to work I don't know he he actually has. To, I think he has to be in the presence of someone because he didn't. He try to bring Eugene back, and it didn't work. He's like Eugene, come back. Yes, and right. it didn't work. He never came back because he was not in the presence of Eugene. Mm-hmm. That's true. So my question still stands. I guess God would have a soul if he's in heaven, right? I guess. Well. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's God again. That's one of these questions. It's like. God seems almost above that. Like when he finds God eventually. Is he going to have control over God? Yeah. Is he going to be like, God, go to heaven and do your duty? Or is he going to have like a little. Go get me a hot dog. No. Is he going to have like a little. 
tete-a-tete with him and be like, what's up? Like, what's bugging you? Why are you not doing your job? I'm sure he'll have that, but as far as controlling him, I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to see. I'm just wondering. I mean, my, to me, with this series, if he ever finds God, I'm like, well, what are they even going to do after that? Because that's like the whole yeah, premise the whole... of the show. Like, once he, if he does actually find God, where does it go from there? Where could it go from there? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because <laughs> then he can go settle down with Tulip, and then there's no problems anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, the same thing with the Saint of Killers being gone now. It's like... Well, I guess that's where Air Star comes in because there's no um, there's no villain to push the story forward. But if Air Star comes in, then he takes over that role. Right. Yeah. Of right. the scene of killers. Right now, the storyline is primarily based on the search, and now to, you, you got to have that conflict, like you're saying. So Air Star is going to come in and create some sort of conflict where he's trying to reap some power. Out of what Jesse has. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So that's going to be the, the person that's biting at his heels. Or keeping him from his goal this entire time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, we, we're going to talk about the soul stuff. But you know, we left off last episode with the cowboy getting led by that little girl. Oh, God. Allie. Yeah. I was so nervous about that. Yeah, but then it ended up not being anything. Well, kind of. So I have a few questions about that. Do you think she meant to mislead him onto which door was Dennis's or was she authentically confused? I don't think she knew. I think, yeah. In fact, honestly, I was confused because I thought Dennis had his own house. Yeah, same. I didn't realize that was an apartment building he was in the entire time. Even though they were like in a few rooms, I kept thinking that. He lived in a mansion. Yeah, when he let him into the courtyard, I thought that was like his whole. That was like his whole house. I mm-hmm. didn't realize that he just had an apartment there. Yeah, same. So I was confused too yeah. about that part. But uh, it made me wonder though if maybe since she spent so much time with um, Tulip during that last episode and with Cassidy, if she kind of took pity on them a little bit, and she spent a lot of time alone with Dennis watching TV. Remember, mm, right, and so maybe yeah. she kind of like started to come around and started to um, have feelings for them? No, I think she wanted to show him where they were and get the hell out of there as quickly as possible, which is what she did. But didn't she stay? Wasn't she at the bottom of the stairs when Kat, when Jesse came down to get everybody? Or was she gone? Mm, I think she was gone, but I don't remember. And I feel like an idiot because I don't remember that. Hmm, I can't um, remember either. But I feel like we haven't seen the last of her. That she'll come back again. Possibly. Well, I mean, she seemed like she got the hell out of there. She's Tulip's stepdaughter, so, and her dad is dead. That's true. She was trying to take care of her. That's mm-hmm. very true. So I don't know, but I am super glad that they did not kill her. I would have been very upset. Yeah, but yeah, she got out of there, and then he just starts going through the apartments, uh, apartment by apartment, starts killing everybody and blood splattering all over the place. Which, again, was horrible. But to start out, I thought it was great when they're sitting around and Tulip's making breakfast for everybody and she's putting (laughs) the M&Ms in people's names and stuff like that, which is so hilarious because Kim is like that about pancakes. (laughs) Like, she's got to spell out people's names with the pancake batter or initials. You do it initials. Yeah, I don't do everybody's names. With the pancake, which is... 
that's completely hilarious. Well, that's because that's what my neighbor did when I was a kid. And that the conversation between her and and Jesse and um, Cassidy that entire time where there's like two different, com- completely different conversations going on, but they're somehow interweaved. Mm-hmm. So that Jesse's like jumping between the, they're all jumping between the conversation. Different which conversations, which was funny. Reminded me of our family, since we have so yes. many kids, that happens yeah. a lot. You kind of jump on the whatever line and somebody's saying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of easy to follow for me because I'm used to hearing all that. And Tulip offers him the whipped cream and Cassidy says, no, I'll let the diabetes come on naturally. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the that was when the Santa Killer shot through the wall when he was killing that guy and the fridge shook. Yeah. And Jesse like noticed it, but no one else noticed it. So he went over to check the fridge and found the, the bullet in the yogurt. Uh-huh. When it was steaming, that was that was that was a good uh, good scene. Yeah, that was very funny. Um, I felt really bad for the other people who lived in the apartment building, though. Well, anybody, you, since the saint of killers has come around, anybody is anywhere near to these people is dead. I know. I, I think I'm. I'm. And they just by happenstance like luck out at the perfect timing of always getting out of there. But that's what make that's what makes it caricature. That's what makes it like comic like. It's funny. I think I'm too sappy for this show in some ways. It's too too much realism to it. Well, I think I that's feel bad for everybody. Well, the, the our three, our crew that's right there, they're like happy go lucky bad people. Like they <laughs> sin, but at the same time they have the opposite side where they're trying to be good. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got uh tulip making pancakes with people's names in them. Mm-hmm. Um uh, there's this very innocent um, kind of bubble around them all the time. And yet everybody else is around them is getting killed by this guy that's chasing them. So it's it's the contrast of the situations. I think that's what is, that's the comedy of it. It's the dark comedy side of it, I think. Yeah, I'm just, I really don't like when innocent people get caught up in violence. Even though some of those people probably weren't so innocent, but... They were innocent for the storyline, and that just makes me sad. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks. Debbie Downer. I know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't write TV shows. <laughs> I don't like conflict. <laughs> the overbearing nature of how he's killing people is, try- is supposed to make it seem completely unrealistic. I know. It's, it's like anything Quentin Tarantino does. Again, do not like Quentin Tarantino. What? Like Reservoir Dogs? Well, I mean, come on. I really don't. No? I've never liked any of his stuff. Okay. You're the one that's the horror person here. He's not horror. He's gore. I know. Okay. Horror. There's a and difference. Go- okay. I'm going to cut this whole conversation. Out. Why? <laughs> <laughs> this is good. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I have never been for the horror or the gore, and I'm sitting here having to <laughs> convince me. Try and convince you of the good sides of this show. <laughs> I mean, I like the show. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, whatever. So okay, all right, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, exactly. <laughs> okay, so at what point? Refresh my memory. At what point do we find out about Dennis? What do you mean? This about is Dennis? when. You mean about Dennis and Cassidy? Yeah. Oh, that's later on. That's like almost towards the end. Okay. 
Yeah. But we find out that Dennis is Cassidy's son. Yes. So how old is Cassidy? Oh, that's why we need Scott here. He was like 120 years old. 120, so we could say that Dennis is probably like 75-ish. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So then we have an idea of when Cassidy turned. We still haven't gotten the backstory of Cassidy, of like how that all happened, right? That's true, because he has to not, he has to be human in order, in to, order have to have a baby. A baby. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that part. Yeah. Okay. So he's not like a hundred and something odd years as a vampire. He's not like 200 years old. Yes. He was, right. he was, uh, it was feasible if that's, if that's the idea behind the vampire thing. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Okay. How old was Cassidy when he turned? Yeah, I think he said it was 119 or 120, I think, uh-huh. for sure. But how sweet is that, that he's, like, helping him tie his shoes and, like, helping him around well, when he's talking the house? To, I think when he was talking to Tulip about it, when he said, um, yeah, how lucky is it for him to have a dad like me? And he was almost kind of depressed at his own situation. I know. It was that, that Those scenes were great because I guess in the, the, the couple's... Um, episodes prior, we had actually learned some backstory about Tulip. And the, those are things I didn't actually think were going to happen with this show. I thought we were just going to focus on Jesse and, like, Tulip and Cassidy were probably just going to be sidekicks. That's it. Mm-hmm. But to actually see that there's, like, some ba- more background to them, and especially uh, Cassidy, because Cassidy, again, he even said it. He was like, what am I? Just the silly Irish sidekick. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. I thought it was great development for him, mm-hmm. and you felt for him completely. And mm-hmm. I think in the episode prior, we had actually th- surmised that maybe, maybe Cassidy has a dark side, and he was going to turn on the two of them. I think Scott possibly brought that. I'm going to blame that on him because he's not here and he can't defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I don't. He's. I don't think he's a bad guy. No, he's not at all. I don't think he's, so either. No, he's just whatever. He's a party guy. Yeah, I think even as a vampire, he um, has just taken advantage of the situation. Mm-hmm. He can get whatever he wants whenever he wants it. He just has to go for it. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to have a bad bone in his entire body. He's a good friend. He cares, obviously, about Tulip, and he cares very much for Jesse because he's done everything in the world for the both. He's obviously followed Dennis around the world, followed him wherever he moves so that he can keep an eye on him. Mm-hmm. And has probably helped him out in more ways than we ever know about. So, yeah, he's a good guy. I don't think he's going to turn. I don't know that he never, ever necessarily helped Dennis out. It looks like he probably took advantage of Dennis a lot. (laughs) It looks like he is finally realizing or appreciating what he hadn't done for him, maybe, Mm -hmm. at this point. Like, at the end of the the show, he's, like, buying him a TV and stuff and, like, a Mm -hmm. game system and whatever. Oh, right. That PlayStation. Yeah. So... I don't know that he ever really ever did anything for him, and I think he's he's realizing that. He's come to that realization that, uh, you know, this is his son because he had to admit it to someone else. Yeah, and Dennis really doesn't have that much longer on this earth, and he's probably no. his last living relative. Yeah, right. So he's he's understanding that his— um, That's his boy. Yeah, right? but his—what's his, uh, the word I'm looking for? Like, he's not as immortal— as he thinks he is, you know, like yeah. his, he's, his genes are not going to be going on past him. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
Does I that understand what you're saying. But I think it's also, it's it's the fact that... He has no legacy, yeah. in other words. He has no legacy, uh, but I think it's even more that he's... Here's maybe someone that he took for granted that was there all the mm-hmm. time. And now he's seeing what bad shape he's in, and he's going to be gone. Yeah. You know, and he never really did anything for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dennis, obviously, th- from our fellow podcasters who have translated for him, yeah. which... God, I took like eight years of French. I cannot re- understand <laughs> shit that Dennis is saying. <laughs> but um, so thanks to to people that are actually translating, which I think it was a preacher versus preacher podcast. I was doing the translations. But um, it, it seems like Dennis never was happy that he ever showed up, but he had obviously shown up many times in his life. Well, do you think he knows that Cassidy is his dad or is he just some guy who never ages, who comes around every now and then? I have no idea. I don't know. Did you look but at this week's he obviously he understood. No, I didn't. Uh, That's my fault. Okay. But um, he obviously, uh, you know, he recognized him. Yeah. But they never understood what each other was talking about because Cassie never took the time to even learn French, <laughs> which is what his son speaks. So <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, and yet at the same time, it's sad. Mm-hmm. You know that he never even took time to to you know learn what his son was saying. But anyways. Um, <laughs> I, I think the development of his character and, you know, that there is somewhat of an emotional side and humanness to him still, even though he's this vampire. I think we always, we always get points to that, you know? I mean, why the hell would he be staying or caring about Jesse in the first place? Mm-hmm. I think in the first season, it was because there was, like, some source of drugs that he was trying to get. Right. Which, you know, what is also interesting about Cassidy is that that we never found out. Wasn't he talking to someone on the plane or something like that before oh, yeah. he got in that whole fight? So there's other people he knows that we never found out who he knew. Huh. Good point. So he was getting away from something. And he also, in a couple episodes ago, or probably the one that was just before this, talked about how he used to be rich. So there's still a lot of other backstory to him that we don't know about. Good It's interesting. I wonder if that will come out. I don't know. He used to be rich. Talking to some weird guy on the phone. Possibly bad. Possibly bad. Possibly our German guy. <gasps> now, that's like really reaching. Yeah, that's I don't know, but stretching. Anyway. Yeah. Hmm. So this whole soul business, your soul is like an organ inside your body that you can actually reach through the back of your knee? Is that where he got it from? He the got guy? it. Yeah, he got it through the back of his knee. He he had like a endoscopy thing that went up through his artery and and found it. So, your soul is up near your junk, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. Since that's where your seed is, right? Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. I guess that's true. So it like grabs a piece of your soul on the way out. Yes. <laughs> each each time. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's just in some sack that's in your artery somewhere. <laughs> that's now, your soul. When they first showed that, I thought for sure he was getting like something from his knee, like um, some of the mm. cartilage from his knee. Yeah. And like it but was he went a, a little ways. He was like, it was very easy for him to go, but he went like. Yeah. Well, I still thought that. And I thought that maybe he was like a um, an organ scavenger. Mm-hmm. The old um, tale that you hear of the guy. Who ended up in the bathtub with bath of ice? Yeah, with, with the kidney, kidney missing out of his back, and he wakes up and he doesn't know how he got there and yeah. how he lost his organ. I thought it was going to be something like that. Yeah. So, like what happened to me in Mexico? Yes. Terrible. Very bad. Like you haven't it. been the same since. No. 
So, um, uh, so I was surprised to find out that it was a soul, and even more surprised to find out that you can then spin it down in a centrifuge, and all of a sudden it creates a pill. The scientist in me is like, uh, no. <laughs> And then you give it to somebody with dementia, and all of a sudden they're cured. Mm-hmm. How does that even work? I don't what do you, understand. Oh, okay, you're getting into the details, and that's that again. That's where I think the fantasy side of this show is so much more fun. It's like, <laughs> sure, why not? You just say go along with it. There's everything so damn ridiculous. There was a dog guy that was going to have sex for <laughs> thousands of dollars. Well, I guess yeah, okay. I, can, I can. Okay, I guess that's more. See believable. that happening. That is believable. That's true. That is true. Okay, the the soul sack in your leg is <laughs> that can yes then be extracted and sold for millions of dollars is I don't know that is a little odd I thought it even funnier that it used to be part of the voodoo religion that you do so well yes and that the Japanese came and swooped everybody's business oh yeah that was hilarious yeah yeah they're putting everybody out of business yeah because that's basically well, that's happened a lot with a lot of different industries, especially in the South. But mm-hmm. um, being someone who works with turtles, I am mostly thinking of like the turtle meat industry, mm. where it used to be backwoods guys that would um, harvest turtles from the creeks and the ponds and lakes and would um, sell those to the restaurants for food items. And now the Chinese and mostly Chinese have come in and started an industry where they are taking all these wild uh, turtles out of the wild and bringing them back to Asia to sell in the markets there. Mm. And they're pretty much decimating the, the populations I could go on. But anyways, that's happening like currently in real world. Oh, I gotcha. And, um, so to see, (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) And so to see the, uh, Asians come in and swoop away all that business. I, yeah, I don't think it has so much to do with the turtle thing, but I, I think I understand what you're saying. <laughs> but I'm just saying that's just what it made me think of. Like, I, I think it's just like, yes, it's like industry yeah. in and of itself that used to be, oh, don't buy Japanese. And actually, a lot of that's happening again now. But like, but don't buy Chinese because, you know, Chinese are taking, every, you know, they're selling all the stuff through Walmart, whatnot. So, yeah, they're, they're yeah, pushing the, people out of... The uh, mom-and-pop industries are exactly. they're going pushing, by the wayside. Yes, they're pushing everybody out, which is, yes. is what they're saying. They're, they've come in and turned it into, a, in this instance, into a much more profitable thing mm-hmm. than it was right. prior. And right. they're pushing people out. Right. So, and it was funny because, yeah, we got uh, Jesse goes to, he goes to the voodoo place. And he co- he goes in and he, and he says his last name. Mm-hmm. What was it? Jesse Custer? He says Jesse L'Angel. Oh, that's right. Which is the angel in French. Oh, so you do remember a little bit. A little bit. Not much. <laughs> but yeah, his last name is Jesse Custer, so why does he say that? And then the guy recognizes that last name. And he recognizes if, because of his dad, I guess, yeah. right? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't understand what the correlation is there. Like, why? why? 
why is he Langel all of a sudden instead of Custer? Was Custer just a name that he took on? And Langel was his father, the pastor's actual name? Well, he has... He it seems, was. He was always Custer, right? Back yeah. in the, the old town. But he seems to have a lot of connections to New Orleans. Like, yeah, he He does. knows more than we think he knows. Because, I mean, he found that old dirt road where he ended up at the swamp. And he names off, like, five other places that sell souls. Yeah. Exactly. But it, it is cor- it is somehow connected to his dad, though, isn't it? He said it was. Okay. So I bet you he's got... He's got a family connection to Louisiana, and they ended up in Texas. Maybe his dad was running from something hmm. and changed his name. Ah, uh-huh. all right. Just like right. Tulip was running. Yep. Um, so, and it, it also just popped into my head that maybe Air Star has something to do with the souls. Maybe he's the one who is in charge of that um, well, truck, maybe? The happy soul, happy go-go? Yeah. And now that it's missing... I love that name. It, it's so perfect. It's <laughs> so a, happy go-go? Yeah. It, it's it's very Asian way of naming stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as people who haven't read the comic book, this is the part that I'm fascinated by, is just where all the pieces fit together. Who belongs to what, and what happened to who back in the day. Yeah. You know, like the puzzle part. I love that. Well, so maybe maybe my connection between Cassidy and that that guy isn't completely off base because everything comes around to be connected in some way in this. Yeah, you heard it here first. <laughs> but do you think? I mean, is it reasonable to think that you could take a part of someone's soul and that it would diminish you? Like he said, what's the safe safe amount that I can take or mm-hmm. give? And he said, you can give. At minimum, 1%. Yeah. But you can give more. But you can give more, 15%, right? Mm-hmm. That one guy gave 15%. But that's, I think that was his sales pitch. I don't think that, that was just like, if you get 15, if you give 15%, you're really not going to miss it, but you get a lot more money. So he was just, that was his way of getting more out of people. I don't think that had, that had anything to do with what the actual effect was on no, people. No, 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 I understand that. Okay. I understand that. I mean, he just gave that lady $150,000 because her husband gave 15%. Mm-hmm. But we didn't see the after effect. But we did see Jesse gave 1% and all of a sudden his face, when he looked in the mirror, he used to be happy and now he just looks very exactly and drawn a- and... Mad. That's a good point because when they when they first show him like taking a shower early on in the show, he's happy when he clears the steam off the mirror, and then at the end of the show they end it with him cleaning the steam off the mirror, and he looks like a robot almost. Yeah, he's there's seen, no emotion in his yeah, face. Yeah, right. So so it did affect him. That's the assumption is that yeah yeah my assumption would be that you lose any piece of yourself and now it could have been because. He was affected by the fact that he knew. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't physically affecting him. Maybe it was because of the event, and because when he gave that one percent pill to the cowboy to control him, the cowboy is like, "All right, go ahead and send me to hell. You're going to be sending part of your soul to hell." Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Oh!" And that's when he changed his mind. It was like, "I'm going to bury this guy in the swamp." Because I don't want a piece of myself going to hell. Right. So. But do you think that the people who are receiving the souls, are they taking on part of that personality of the person who it came from? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. I think they are. 
I bet they are. You think so? Yeah. So it makes me wonder. How do you have evidence of that? Did I have you? no evidence. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Total speculation. But there was no. Yeah, there was nothing that you saw that was happening with any of the other people. Well, the woman. Yeah. Who, who did we actually see? It was the woman and the the cowboy. Those are the only persons Those that we saw actually people. got souls or parts of souls. Yeah, I mean, the woman. She was just all of a sudden happy and recognized her husband. So we don't really know. But I'm just speculating that. You know, the cowboy, his whole meaning in life is to get back to his family, right? Mm -hmm. And Custer, Jesse's meaning is to almost distance himself from what his dad did when he was a kid. But he also wants to have some sort of familial connection. He wants to belong, right? Mm -hmm. And he wants to... um, He wants his dad to be proud of him and he wants to do something that's going to make his dad happy even though his dad is long gone. Mm-hmm. Right. So when the cowboy comes back, is he going to be more sympathetic character or is he still going to be the the rough and tumble cowboy who is well, out for a, blood? Because it has a piece of a soul. Yeah. No. I think the only thing that the only change to the cowboy now is that Jesse can control him. I think that's it. I think uh, he's going to be the same person he was before. And I don't think... Yes, he was the heartless bastard because he's going around killing people, but it's because, well, I was going to say it's because he was forced to do it, but most of it he wasn't forced. He was Mm -mm. killing everybody that was in his way, but he had one goal in mind. And to him, all these people were dead anyways. They were Mm -hmm. useless. Mm -hmm. So if they didn't have information for him, they were dead. Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, I was going to say something else, but no. Why? No. Was it part of your hit or miss? Yes, it's okay. part of my hit or miss. I don't want to give it up yet. Okay. <laughs> no worries. Good catch. <laughs> um, well, because the other thing that I thought was interesting was that when the cowboy had Tulip and Cassidy and Dennis in the apartment and Jesse was out searching for the soul, the cowboy grabbed Tulip mm. by the throat mm-hmm. and it seemed to affect her greatly. Like, she seemed very rattled by the fact that he had been holding her. And I don't know if it was some sort of connection between him and her through his Mm. skin contact or if it was just the fact that he was about to kill her. But I have a feeling like he passed something onto her, Mm. some sort of energy transmitted between the two of them when he touched her. I think he just scared the shit out of her. But that that could be it because I don't... I mean, he had been chasing them before and killing everybody, so he should be scaring the shit out of them anyways. But she approached him, like, in a comfortable way that I was like, why is she even comfortable approaching him at this point? <laughs> like, he does look like he's asleep, but the dude's huge, for one thing. She's mm-hmm. tiny. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, can you make sure he get? you know, can we get some medicine for this guy? He's going to die and like... And then he just grabbed her, and I think she was just like, she came back in, and she just said, he touched me. That was it. Right. So, to your point. That's why I was thinking that. Yeah. But I think in the previews for next week, they show something else about how she's affected by the fact that he touched oh. her. See, you're looking forward. No, no, no. I'm not saying yeah, I know anything. Cheating Kim. Nope, not. Cheating Kim. Just thinking ahead that maybe something affected her, and that's why I'm wondering if by getting a piece of Jesse's soul, if maybe next time he doesn't second guess killing somebody. 
if he hesitates more than what he would normally do because he now has a soul that realizes this person is a human being and they have feelings and, you know, that sort of thing. There's there's thought behind. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, not just it's. mindless killing of yeah. people that are in his way. Because even though he had his past, which was, that was another interesting thing when they're in the library and they're researching him. Which I'm, I have a question about too. But go ahead. Okay, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, in his past, um, you know, he was in the Civil War, and he was known for his mindless killing in the Civil War, but he did have a family and a soul until he went back, until his family died, Mm -hmm. because he went to go get medicine at that one point. Oh, the medicine. The medicine. But he went back to to Anvil Mm -hmm. and killed all those people. Uh, after all that happened. So that was when his soul was was gone, and that was the moment he had to relive over and over. A, a excerpt about this guy's background in one of in one of these books? Well, about his family dying. No, I'm talking about what was the other thing that was written? Boy. Yeah. At least he was a good shot in this hell before. And, yeah. But So my question about that is isn't it very unreasonable to think that there's all these books that are written about this guy and these legends that are written about this guy? Maybe legends, but... Some of it's actually true, though, isn't it? Isn't there, aren't there actually, like, isn't there actually a, a excerpt about this guy's background in one of in one of these books? Well, about his family dying. No, I'm talking about what was the other thing that was written? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not a very good Catholic. I have no idea if there is a saint of all killers, even. Oh, I don't know if there's a saint of all killers, even either. But there was—I think there was some sort of story about that that was actually a true thing. But. Huh. Well, I just thought it very unbelievable that there would be all these books written about this person who then um, ascended to heaven, but was rejected because he doesn't have a soul, and who ended up in hell. And that he's supposed to be this horrible saint of all killers. Like, that just seems very unreasonable that you would find something like that in the library when it just happened in the 1800s. You know, most of the time when you hear about saints and these biblical legends Mm -hmm. that are thousands of years ago, Mm -hmm. right? They're not anything that are that's modern time. Gotcha. How, How could they be like this? I mean, there are modern day saints, but I understand what you're saying as far as like a, a story that's yeah. come about. That's like a, like a modern day story about someone that has been banished to hell. No. Yeah, like a whole legend has built up around that story. Which in, it, in its own way is kind of weird because people believe all the stories that are in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Or other religions because they're the old ones. But if it happened in modern day times, people would question it more. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> but what makes it any more believable? Just because it's old and it's passed yeah. down. Like if it happened nowadays and it was like, he survived and his car was taken into the sky and people were like, oh, that's bullshit. No way. Well, what's what's the scientific explanation behind that? Well, I think the, the whole thinking behind that is that if it happened like thousands of years ago, you know it's been passed down from person mm-hmm. to person. And we all know from playing the telephone game as a kid that the stories change as it goes through each person. Mm-hmm. 
So the longer it's been in our uh, storytelling realm, it the more it changes, and it's easier to believe that something maybe not a maybe it didn't happen the exact way that it's been told, but something happened. Mm-hmm. Like this is based on a real person. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, There's enough accounts of certain events that have happened that yeah. it's proven yeah. to be true. Yeah, which is when when they do actually put someone up for sainthood. Mm-hmm. Then they go through as many accounts as possible to try and prove that okay, that is a truly a saint worthy person. Right, that the miracles they perform three miracles and yes. that sort of thing. Yeah, which yeah, that's exactly right because I mean, if if it's a modern day story, it hasn't had enough time to be evaluated. Yeah, yeah, and to percolate. You know what I mean? Like it hasn't built up <laughs> steam to to change the story. To the point where it's believable. Yeah. You know what I mean? I understand what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I understand what you're saying in a way. But yes, I understand what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> it hasn't gone through Which, enough when, renditions. When, you, when you're saying that, I'm thinking, well, when this thing, whole thing is percolating, that means that dishonesty is playing a factor in this thing being a true, be, becoming a true thing. That's exactly what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I know. It's... Uh, extra thing on AMC about this episode and the marquee is in his office. Remember I told you about that? Oh, yeah. And it's, this time it just says thanks. Oh, okay. So he, I think he changes the marquee as well in his office. Happen in the modern day world when we don't... Yeah. When we can prove so easily that it can't happen. Exactly. Yet we believe the things that have been passed down to us. Yes. Like Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) But we as adults know Santa Claus is not real. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, Stuart. <laughs> I know, I'm very sorry. Can it's going to be okay. Can we take a break? <laughs> right. I think we might need to. <laughs> now, uh, one of the other things that I thought that was great was um, them tying things back to the... Uh, Oh, God. The Mumbai Sky Tower? Isn't that what it was yeah. called? That was actually the episode name, but that was where Fury, Fury did his act. Mm-hmm. And um, the day the dying died, mm-hmm. that was on the marquee. There's always something on the changeable marquees, of the course. changeable signs, of which course. is great because we pointed out from the start. So it's like, hey, uh-huh. we were catching on to that. But yeah, the, dang, the, the day the dying died, a tribute to him dying finally. The uh, producer did another um, extra thing on AMC about this episode, and the marquee is in his office. Remember, I told you about that. Oh uh, yeah. And it's this time it just says thanks. Oh okay. So he, I think he changes the marquee as well in his office. Well, um, I mean, honestly, are you ready to take a break then? Now. Why? Yes, I am. Okay. All right. Well, I think we're going to take a break right now, and we'll be back in a few minutes. All right, everybody, we're back, and um, it's Kim's 
favorite time of the podcast. Good lord. I had to say it because Scott's not here. Ugh. Okay. It's not it's not actually your favorite time of the podcast. Can we discuss this a little bit? I mean I have no problems with it, but it's <laughs> definitely not my favorite part. <laughs> Okay, what's okay, what's your hit, Kim? What is your hit? Hit right. miss time. I have two hits. Oh, two. Yeah. You're only allowed one. Well, bear with me. Um the first one being that the cowboy did not kill Allie. I was really worried last week that our poor sweet Allie was going to meet her demise this week. Mm-hmm. Um but she is safe for now, so that's good because I really don't like children being involved in killing situations. Yeah. Um, my other hit is the whole Dennis Cassidy relationship and the fact that Dennis is Cassidy's son. Um, I think that that makes Cassidy more of a likable character, mm-hmm. makes him more of a person instead of a vampire, and um, adds a very interesting twist to Cassidy's life. Like, what happened? When did it happen? How did it happen? And when did Dennis come into play? And how did how was Dennis raised? And what did his mom tell him about Cassidy? And does Dennis even know that Cassidy is his dad? And has he wondered why this man that he keeps seeing doesn't age over time? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So lots of questions come up into my mind when I hear this. So I'm very interested to see if we'll get more backstory on that, which really doesn't have anything to do with this story at all of Preacher, but I'm very interested. Uh, you don't think it has anything to do with the story at all? Just because it's not related to him finding God? It's not related. It just builds Cassidy and Dennis a little bit more, but Dennis is such a side character that I don't think it really matters. No, yeah, you don't. I don't see him like lasting that yeah. much longer. It's just that Cassidy is like one of my favorite, well, he is my favorite character. Well, I think one of the things I speculated is that they were going to be staying in, in New Orleans for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, because they destroyed Anvil. So um, this was the whole start of this season was kind of setting them up for a new place to be. Yeah. Um, which, hey, might as well be in New Orleans. Uh, this is why we don't allow two hits. Why? Because your second hit is my hit. Is oh. The relationship with between Cassidy and... Um, and Dennis. Okay. And, I mean, that scene where he's, like, holding him and he finally tells uh, Tulip that it's his son mm-hmm. was extremely touching. It was. That he was, had his arm around him and Yeah, everything. he was, like, like rubbing his hair and stuff. He was totally treating him like he was his little kid. Mm-hmm. It was cute. Yeah, it was. And Dennis was just like, ugh. <laughs> Get off me. <laughs> Get off me, little man. I don't know. At that point, I think he was pretty sick. He did seem sick, but yeah. and he's probably felt comforted. Which they did make a point of um, the Santa killers stepping on his aerosol inhaler. Inhaler, yeah. So, um, so yeah, he needed that big time. But um, I, I think uh, th- that relationship was probably, I think, the, my favorite part of this episode for sure. Good. Yeah. Um, I'll throw another hit in there. Oh my god. We said not even two, and you're going back with three? Well, yours is like null and void, because I've already stated it. (sighs) Um, Going back to your whole thing about the signs that change, did Mm -hmm. you notice when the armored vehicle, when Jesse was driving the armored vehicle out to the swamp, that they passed a sign for a city that they were going to, and it was Angelville? Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't he mention that? I feel like he mentioned that city name. Did he? Yeah. 
Maybe know. not. Okay. I don't remember. We'll but I thought that again. was kind of funny. Hmm. Okay. Not funny, haha. Not not at all funny, haha. But just cool. Just funny coincidence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> As for a miss. Oh, I didn't ask you yet. What's your miss, Kim? As for a miss, I really don't have one. So let me guess, you're going to give us another hit. No, I don't have any more hits. Go ahead. Okay. What, what is yours? My only miss, the only thing that seemed a little uh, weird or off to me was that the Saint of Killers just sat down with Jesse to watch that um, that video. <laughs> oh, that, I totally forgot about that. The one of God? <laughs> yes. The pretend God? The pretend God's uh, trial tryout video. He just sat down with him and watched it. And I was like, the dude's going to just sit. This guy is unreasonable. How is he sitting down to watch TV? And he's asking, he's like, what is that? And he's like, oh, it's a television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesse was telling about it. So, anyways, that was the only one I was like. And it's not even that. It's not even a bad mess. It was just the fact that it just seemed weird to me all of a sudden that he was going to sit down with him and watch TV. Well, what seems weird is the fact that this man is out to kill Jesse no matter what. And then... Jesse says one thing, and he uncocks believes his it. gun. Yeah, he believes him. Yeah. After all these other people are telling him, I don't know what you're saying, and he kills him right. automatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's my miss. <laughs> Jesse has something more that he needs, though, I guess. Yeah. And when he starts telling him the fact that, oh, well, the God that's promising you all this stuff that you're going to get, he's out here walking around. You're not going to get it. So... He did he did state something that was important to the saint of killers, but for him to actually believe him, yeah. that, that was a little hard for me to believe. I agree. I agree. And we did have a, a good comment from one of our listeners this week um, that's that kind of goes along with that. It was um, Mark LaVarnway. He said, very interesting. Apparently, Jesse didn't want a piece of his soul in heaven or hell. Sinking the saint will have repercussions, I think. But apparently Jesse can control him. But why hide the guns and saber? Nice weapons for sure, but Mm. they could end up in the wrong hands. Love the podcast. Cheers from Dallas. Thanks, Mark. That's a a good question. Yeah, I didn't understand that either, why he was burying all that stuff in the uh, bathroom. Yeah, in Dennis's bathroom, which means that if the guy ever gets out of the swamp, he's probably going to go back to Dennis's apartment to get them. Yeah, I guess. I mean, what, I'm just what, assuming he's got some sort of connection to his weapons. Yeah, what know? is Jesse? Yeah, what does Jesse care? I guess. Well, it's it, it was just, yeah, but it was just it was weird that why he why would he even bury that stuff? Maybe <laughs> like you're thinking that there is some sort of connection to the weapons for this guy. Yeah, like there's evil yeah. on these weapons. Which he's thinking maybe this guy is gonna get out at some point, anyways. No matter the fact that he. Drowned him in the swamp. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. But I'm sure we will find out. The weapons are bound to come back. They definitely made a point to show us that they were being hidden. So. And you, you actually made the comment about, wow, that bathroom looks extremely clean. Oh, God. That <laughs> bathroom was disgusting. <laughs> Everything in that apartment's completely disgusting. It really is. Like, the yeah. door when... Who was it? Jesse opened the door with one finger. I'm sad to say. And it's all like burnt or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what it was. It's sad to say I've actually been in apartments like that before. Same. <laughs> and you do not want to sit down on any of the furniture. No, no. Because there could be a roach sitting next to you. That's, <gasps> that's it's, you know, it's really bad when you're so drunk and throwing up. 
and you are scared to lean against the toilet you're throwing up oh, into. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that brings back memories. That's horrible. <laughs> you're throwing up at that point. Like, it shouldn't matter. But when you're touching the toilet and you're about to throw up and you're like, ah, uh, and it's making you throw up even more, <laughs> you are in a bad situation. That That's like me. a bad bar bathroom. That reminds me of that <laughs> house you used to live in in college. <laughs> what are you talking about? My house was awesome. You mean the one where they <laughs> they picked up the cinder block and there's a dead rat underneath it? <laughs> Where the dishes were piled so high in the sink that oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, couldn't yeah. even run the water? Jones Franklin. Yeah, Jones Franklin. That was... <laughs> I had a roommate close his window and then the window fell out of the wall. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that was, was bad news. That place super was Super bad. bad. Yeah. I think they actually demoed that place after we moved out. They did. It wasn't my fault. Not at all. I tried. My room was nice. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the house was awful. Your roommates were horrible. Uh, my, room, yeah, my roommates were terrible. Anyways, we digress. That <laughs> <laughs> was not the house with the dead rat. It was probably like a dead dog under the cinder block. Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> so AMC did an interview with the um, character of... The cowboy, mm-hmm. the saint of all. Cowboys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they asked him, even though the saint does have a softer side, how do you think he's able to hang on to that one piece of himself through all those years in hell? And he said, it's love that keeps that little bit of hope and tenderness inside him. Even thinking back to episode two, when I killed Fiore, it's an act of kindness. He's releasing Fiore from the very hell he also inhabits. He wants to escape, and he understands Fiore's motivations. When he kills him, um, I wouldn't go as far as to say it's an act of love at that point, but it's certainly not an act of cruelty. It's interesting that the show explores how I do these appalling things, and I'm extremely violent with a huge body count, but the thing that motivates me and has kept that fire going inside of me is a love for my family and the desire to be reunited with them. So that's just like what we were saying before. Yeah. But that's why I'm thinking that once the soul of Jesse is inside of him, even though it's a very uh, minute amount, I think it's going to change the the personality of the cowboy. Okay. To make him more human, you know? To connect more with that piece of love that he has. Which, again, I mean, if you have no soul, do you have love? Do you have hate? Do you have anything? Do you just... Because, I mean, he's just a mindless killer at this point, right? No, wasn't that kind of the idea? He's still a mindless killer, but he has... He has that motivation of love. Yeah, that's true. And familial connection. Which is what Fiore and uh, what's-his-name were able to... To push him on anyways. Right. In the first place. They were able to um, uh, extort those. Yes. So, yes. So I think that once he gets this soul in him and he comes back to the real world, we're going to see a different cowboy. Another little bit of sad news from The Walking Dead. They've had a very bad few weeks. But I am um, sorry to say that the man who played... The hitchhiker in the episode of Clear, the one with the red backpack. Do you remember him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. He actually passed away this past weekend in a car accident. He's from Vidalia, Georgia, hmm. and he played an extra in the show. And he's been in tons of TV shows that have been filming in Georgia, including um, 
Vampire Diaries and The Gift and Sun Records, but uh, he was a very accomplished actor, and I am sorry to say that he has passed away. So that's three people in a row now within like three weeks or so for The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that's it. Knock on wood. All right. Well, thanks, Kim. And I guess uh, next week we have episode seven, which is Pig? Pig. Okay. Interesting in itself. I know. Barbecue, possibly. (laughs) (laughs) Read on. So Tulip confronts her near-death experience. Dennis asks Cassidy for a favor, and Jesse questions the price of saving Cassidy and Tulip. Hmm. Jesse questions it? That's what it says. he's not... Sure, he should have done it. I don't know. He's he might be getting over um, confident again, or maybe he feels like nobody around him is safe. Uh, or he feels that Cassidy and and Tulip are turning on him. No way. Maybe the whole love interest thing going mm. on. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, but I he doesn't no know idea. about that yet. I don't know. I wonder what Dennis could ask Cassidy. He could ask him to turn him into a vampire. Maybe he does know about Cassidy. Uh, is he going to understand anything he's saying? <laughs> or maybe he just kicks it. them all out and's like, "Get the hell out of my apartment! You're bringing death and destruction." Yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, maybe he just asks, asks him to take his life because he's dying. Oh yeah. Yeah, and he just says, "End it." That's why I figured he might ask and, him to become a vampire. And then Cassidy's like, "Oh, you want some more of those peanut M and M's?" Because he has no clue what he's saying. Because he still has not said any English, has he? Dennis. No, he has not. Okay. I wonder if Dennis, like... I thought he was going to break into some English at some point. He was just so pissed off at Cassidy that he just constantly spoke in French. Just to avoid him? Yeah, just so he didn't have to deal with him. But then secretly he knew English? Yeah. I mean, he's living in New Orleans. He's got to pick up some English at some point. Yeah, maybe. He doesn't seem to leave his house very much. But, you know, I'm wondering, too, if he, as a kid, liked those peanut M&Ms. Of course. That's what, I mean, he knew it. Cassidy remembered it. Yeah. Okay. So. That's cute. Yeah. The question is, where did he actually grow up? I'm, I'm assuming he probably grew up in France. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there are a lot of people that speak French in New Orleans still. Uh, or at least broken French mm-hmm. uh, to get by. But, hey, you'd think he'd pick up some English at some point. All right. Well. We will see. Scott will not be back again next week, so it'll just be you and Do me. we know that for sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we know that for sure. And he might not be back ever again. He <laughs> might get attacked by a grizzly bear. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. He sent some other picture this afternoon, and he was like, there's like right next to a deer or something. Oh, I know, and I told him I could think of so many captions because yeah. both his mouth and the deer's mouth is open, and it looks like they're talking to He's each other. He's always, like, messing with some animal. Like, he was in Ireland messing with a horse or something yes. at some point, wasn't he? Yes. He's yeah, going to so, get his butt kicked someday. Yeah. Okay, the problem is not that Scott's getting near animals. Kim's big into animals. I'm okay with animals. Scott is nowhere near okay with animals. <laughs> so, that's, so that's where it's... It becomes a little weird. We're like, Scott, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you have no idea what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> so, yeah, he will He yes. will probably get killed by a grizzly bear. He'll be on the next episode of When Animals Attack. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like cheese. Grizzly, grizzly bears got like cheese. So I tried to give him some cheese. <laughs> Apparently he didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So thank you guys once again for listening to the Fear Me podcast. You can download our episodes from your favorite podcasting site. You can also find us on Twitter at Fear Me Pod, on Facebook at Facebook slash Fear Me Podcast, and on the web at fearmepodcast.com. And you can email us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Good night.